Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. It wasn't too long ago that you could go to a large stadium and watch men dressed up in uniform playing games of sport. And when you would go to those, dis- those games, they would have those large displays on which they would show advertisements. Every once in a while, the only thing that would be on those massive signs was one word. Thirsty? With a question mark behind it. Usually there was an ice-cold Coke or perhaps a frothy brew lingering in the background of that word. It was meant, of course, to send you to the concession stand where you could alleviate that thirst as long as you didn't mind paying triple or so what you would anywhere else. Of course, those advertisers understood the power of suggestion. They knew that when you saw that advertisement, all of a sudden you would think you were thirsty, even if all the other cups at your feet would suggest that there was no way you could possibly be thirsty. In reality, though, if you're truly thirsty, you generally don't need to be reminded of it. True thirst comes because you're actually dehydrated. No one has to tell the marathon runner who just ran in 90-degree heat that they're thirsty. No one has to tell that construction worker that's been slaving all day on the back of a heat-producing machine that they're thirsty. No one must tell a little kid who runs from here or there on a day when the sun is just scorching that they are thirsty. Oh, don't get me wrong, it's true, sometimes we can go so distracted by what we're doing that we forget we're thirsty or forget to drink, but if we stop and ponder just for a moment, we will know our thirst. Well, Jesus used these same universal truths to teach about spiritual things. He didn't really ask the people, are you spiritually thirsty? For he knew the answer to that question. He knew that all too often, People deprive themselves of the spiritual nourishment he offers and therefore are thirsty. You know, we can often spend our lives in such busyness that we never stop to realize how spiritually thirsty we are. But that doesn't change the fact of us being thirsty. One of the reasons why in the liturgy, as we just did before, we take that moment of silence before we confess our sins. We do it with the hope that in that moment we might be reminded of the dryness of our hearts, that we are not as we should be. In those few moments, we might remember some harsh words that we've spoken during the week impure thoughts that have entered our mind, deeds that we have done that we would not want to admit out loud to anyone else. In one sense, our whole society, it seems, has been having a moment of silence recently. Oh, I don't mean that people are all just sitting around thinking Many are busier than they've ever been, and no doubt the distractions and the noise is everywhere. But it does seem like people are having thoughtful moments of reflection during this time. 
So, when you take time to reflect upon your own spiritual condition, let me ask you, are you cheered or are you discouraged? Do you see from your heart coming forth streams of living water? Or does it seem at times like your heart is a fairly dry and arid place? With all the changes and the stresses in our lives over the last few months, regardless of their cause, Have you seen in your life time and time again an abundance of the fruits of the Spirit? When you look at how how you're treating those, perhaps in your home, or how you're thinking about others in the world, have the fruits of love and joy and peace, patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, have they been abounding? Or at least at times, have you been foolish, disobedient, easily led astray from one thought to another, slaves to the things that will bring you a little bit of pleasure during this time of misery, passing your days in speaking ill about others and being jealous of others, even hating others. No doubt, each one of us we'll have to admit that there have at least been moments in our life during this time when everything in our life would suggest that our hearts were rather dry rather than that they were flowing with living water. And so that recognition today should lead us to the recognition that we are thirsty. I think most of us, at least at points, have come to this recognition during this ordeal. We're not exactly happy with how we have dealt with everything. We're not always pleased with how we have treated one another when the stress got high. We admit that we've been unsettled, maybe a few times unhinged. Truth be told, when one is thirsty, they can drink all sorts of things, but only some of those things actually are really good remedies for thirst. In fact, they say that if you reach for a caffeinated beverage or an alcoholic one, they say that those drinks actually can end up dehydrating you more over time, even though they contain a lot of water. There's only that one drink that is sure to remove thirst, despite what the many makers of sports drink products might tell you. A lot of the research simply shows that when there is dehydration, simple water is best. Well, it is the same spiritually. When we recognize our own messes, we sometimes, too, decide that we will drink all sorts of things to get rid of the knowledge of our sinful condition. We turn to all the distractions of our world, never giving our eyes or our ears or anything else a chance to be free from those distractions. We turn to whatever vice or pleasure it is that gets our mind off of ruminating about our miserable condition. We'll try to do something extraordinarily good in order to get rid of the memory and we hope, perhaps, the guilt of the bad we have done. But in the end, those things, they will not quench thirst. And you know that well, if you are honest. 
There is but one place to go, one thing to drink. Go to Jesus and drink. He will give you forgiveness and will change your heart from a dry and arid place into a place that flows with living water. He will do this as he gives you his Holy Spirit. Today is the day in the church when we stop to remember and to recognize that day when God poured out his Spirit on his people. We hear again today as he did that upon the apostles first. But we rejoice to know that it wasn't just the apostles that received the Spirit. No, it was like Moses said in our Old Testament reading, that indeed God poured out his Spirit on all people. Yes, that same Spirit was given to everyone who heard the message about Jesus and believed, to everyone who repented and was baptized. They received the Holy Spirit. And that spirit changed their hearts. They would no longer have to be dehydrated themselves spiritually, but instead would be used by God as founts of living water for other people. What good news that is. To be forgiven of all of one's misdeeds and at the same time to be made new. There's no better news than that. Only... You can, receive, or you can only receive that in one place. You can only receive that from Jesus only if he pours out his Holy Spirit, only if you drink from him. Jesus, we are told, spoke these words at the end of what was called the Festival of Booths, where they would come and live in tents around the city to remember the wilderness wandering days of old. During that festival, one of the rituals they would do is they would take water from the pool of Siloam up to the temple in Jerusalem, and they would pour water all over the altar. This was a festival of harvest, after all. And so, they, as they rejoiced at the fruits of the last harvest and prayed that God would bring forth a good harvest in the next year, they could not forget the centrality of water to making that happen. Water was poured out on the altar as a way of thanking God for what he had sent in the past, but also as a way of asking him to send what was needed in the future. It was in that context that Jesus said that he was the place to get living water. In essence, as the people at the temple were confessing that God alone could send water, Jesus stood up and said, I'm the one who can send water. And in so doing, declared exactly who he was. Indeed, many hearing this were astonished. Others were enraged. But today I pray as you hear Jesus say these words, that you will know that this is meant to be comfort for you. Know that Jesus is the God who sends forth what is needed for your spiritual life. He sends forth his spirit to you. I don't need to put up a billboard or a jumbotron today to ask you if you are thirsty. For I know that if you slow down enough to ponder and examine your life, you will know that you are thirsty. You will know at times how dry your heart has seemed. You will know that without Christ, your heart would be a desert. Yes, if you examine your life, you will know that you thirst. So the only question is, what will you drink? Come to Jesus. 
and drank. Whoever believes in him out of their hearts will flow rivers of living water. The same spirit whose arrival we laud this day will come again to you, just as it has done so many times before, beginning on the day of your baptism. He will come to you and give you every benefit that Christ has earned for you through his life, death, resurrection, and ascension. He will forgive all of your sins and he will give you a new heart. And out of that heart will flow living water. Out of your heart will flow Jesus himself. Amen.